Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week continues our teaching series, Said No One Ever, where we look at the phrase, I would like a miserable life. Said no one ever. I mean, come on. Who wants to be miserable? Hey, join us as we look at what Solomon has to say about avoiding misery. Well, good morning and welcome to Valley Point Church. It is so good to see all of you here. And I'm really, really glad that you've chosen to be here on this day. So as a faith community, we have a very simple dream and a simple goal. And that is to point people to real relationships that inspire real significance. And I'm really, really excited about next Sunday, November the 18th, because we're all going to have a chance together. It's a project that all of us get to be involved in where we're going to bring some things here and have the opportunity then to give them away and do significant kinds of things. And this is for all of us. It's next Sunday. It's our next love day. And our next love day is going to simply be a day where we get to collect some different things. And so in your program, you've got a sheet that describes our love days. You can go ahead and take that out right now because we're going to work with two different organizations. The first organization is Urban Promise, and they're based out of Wilmington, Delaware. And we're going to provide some food items for them to feed a Thanksgiving meal to the community around them. And so you can see the list of items there. There's all kinds of different stuff. And just want you to start gathering these things. You probably have them in your home. If you don't, go out and buy some of them. And bring them back here next week and you'll be able to leave them, and then we'll deliver to Urban Promise and make sure that they're good to go. Now, here's what I would encourage you to do. Get your family involved in this. If you've got kids, get them involved and talk to them about why you're doing this, because it will help them attach themselves to something significant as well. So this is like a whole family project, and Urban Promise gives us that opportunity with those different food items. We're also going to partner with Melmark, and they provide services for children and adults with developmental disabilities. And here's what we're going to collect for them. I think this is great. So for Melmark, extension cords and Christmas lights. That's what we're going to ask you to bring for them. And then in December, we're actually going to go to their campus, and we're going to set that up so they can have a great Christmas experience. But that's in December. So next week, all you got to do is find some extension cords that work and find some lights that work. Don't bring us your dead lights as a way to offload them. Make sure that they work or just go out and buy new lights and new extension cords and bring those things here with you next Sunday as well as the food items if you choose to do that as well. And here's the challenge. I want to just fill our lobby to overflowing. I mean, let's just make it a mess out there, filled with food and extension cords and lights. Let's just fill it up, and we're going to have a great time then delivering all of these things, and this is what gives us significance. So you guys are generous. I know you get excited about this, and so I want to let you know now, this is what you need to be working on throughout the week. Gather all that stuff, bring it next Sunday, and it'll just be a great day, and hopefully we've got to go out different doors because there's so much stuff out there. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
Yes, it would be amazing. It really would be. All right. That's next Sunday. And it's our significant piece for the month. So before we jump into Proverbs chapter 29, I'd like to invite you guys just to pray with me. Will you do that? Father, we come to you and we're just excited about today and the opportunity we have to spend some time in your word looking at what you want to say to us. And God, I'm just absolutely convinced that you have a word for every single person here and that you're going to speak to us and you're going to challenge us. God, some of us might get a bit uncomfortable because of what you say in your word. So I pray that you'd help us to be open to that, help us to be ready. Prepare us now. And God, would you just help us to be so willing to change and adjust our lives. We're looking at your word and we need to lay our life next to that and where we need to make adjustments, God, give us the strength and the ability and the courage to do that as we walk out of here in just a bit. Give us a great day. We do pray in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we started this series called Said No One Ever. And it's just kind of a goofy statement that we can attach some sarcasm to. And when we do that, we get statements like this. And feel free to laugh because this is as funny as I get today. All right? Check out this statement. The weatherman is always right, said no one ever. How about this one? I want to date someone older than my parents, said no one ever. How about this? Teenagers know everything about life. Yeah, said no one ever. Here's one. Because of your posts on Facebook, I am now changing all of my political views. Said no one ever. And perhaps my favorite of the day, the Eagles finally did do a better job. Said no one ever. See, these are things that nobody says. And I actually want your help with this. And if you'll take out your connection card again, there's a spot on the back where you have the opportunity to submit your own sarcastic said no one ever statement. So you begin thinking about this, and I know you guys are good with sarcasm, and so we should have many of these that come in. You begin to think about that, write it down, and then we're going to share these next week, at least some of them. Now, as you do that, there's a couple of rules, all right? Here's rule number one. Be nice, okay? Just be nice. And I can see some of you already put your card away. All right. Please be nice, all right? And then here's rule number two. There are two things that are kind of off limits. Gus Sereca and Austin Sisk, all right? So for Gus, he's the executive pastor here. And he gets really sensitive when people make fun of his age or try to guess what that is. So just don't go there, okay? And for Austin, it's the beard, all right? Just leave the beard alone. Don't go there. And we'll have a wonderful time reading all of this next week. So what we're doing here is we're looking at some statements based on Scripture that actually were said. Somebody did communicate these things. A wise man once said 
some very important things and we should sit up and we should pay attention and use these kinds of things in our life. And guess what? They're not that funny. They're not that new. They're not that trendy. It's just solid God-inspired truth that will help us with our lives. And we need this. I mean, we really, really need this. We're not just trying to fill space in November so that we can get to December and have a lot of fun over there. This is important. This is valuable. These are things that God communicated through a wise man, and it would be wonderful for us to grasp this solid God-inspired truth. So here's our statement for today. It's also our big idea. I want a miserable existence, said no one ever. Nobody says this. Nobody says, as a man or as a woman, I would just like a miserable existence. I want that. Or as a student, I would really, really enjoy having a miserable existence. Or as a worker, bring it on. I want a miserable existence. Or as a follower of Jesus, I would like to have a miserable existence. Nobody says that. But I think we all know and we all understand that life happens and in the middle of being who we are and in the middle of being a student and at work and in following Jesus, sometimes life gets difficult and complicated and it becomes miserable. It happens. So Solomon, a wise man under the direction and inspiration of God has some things to say about this, and we find it in Proverbs chapter 29. Now, what we're going to discover in this amazing chapter is a random list of items. And I'm kind of excited about this random list because it's going to speak to everybody. So as we're thinking about one thing, you might be saying in your mind, well, that's not me. I'm not there yet, or that's not my station of life. So this isn't really for me. Well, just hang in there because we're going to cover some stuff that will speak to everybody in here, okay? I want a miserable existence, said no one ever. But there are things that kind of lead to that, and we find this list in Proverbs chapter 29, so let's just jump in and find out what Solomon says. Here's source of misery number one. It's an undisciplined child. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15, here's what it says. To discipline a child produces wisdom. Pause. That word wisdom there has the idea of skill. And so to discipline a child produces skill And so in a real way, when we discipline, when we correct, we're adding wisdom to our kids and we're giving them skills that they're going to need in life. So discipline is a good thing. To discipline a child produces wisdom or skill, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. In other words, the mom that Solomon is talking about here is going to have a miserable day. It's not going to work out so well for her. Now, kids, 
students in the room. Look up here for just a second. Don't disgrace your mother. All right, it's not a good thing to do. Don't aggravate your mom. Because when mom is aggravated, everybody else in the house is going to be aggravated as well. So don't disgrace your mother. Now, help me complete this sentence. When mom's happy, everybody's happy. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that statement. But here's the deal. That begins with parents. It begins with dads and moms who intentionally and lovingly discipline and give skills to their kids because without discipline, our kids disgrace themselves and others and they bring shame into families. And so Solomon, under the inspiration of God, places the responsibility of this squarely on the shoulders of parents. What's the result? Verse 17. Discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. So here it is. Here's kind of the whole deal. Without discipline in the lives of our kids, misery. We're just going to live there and we're going to hang out there. But when we provide discipline and correction wisdom and skills for their living, it actually produces peace of mind and a happy heart. Now, many of us in the room are living in the thick of this right now. And I want to be honest with you and say that when I originally read verse 15 and 17, the thought occurred to me that even when you do discipline, It still leads to misery, right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like everybody in the house is all of a sudden very aggravated and very upset. And what Solomon here is speaking of is the long-term payment of what we do now. So stick with the difficult and draining task of training now and adding skills to the lives of our kids. It is difficult, right? You bet it is. It is draining, isn't it? You bet it is. But when we stick with that task and that responsibility long term, we get peace of mind and a happy heart. And I believe that holds true even if our kids don't choose the best path. I don't have adult children yet. I'm not in that stage. Our oldest is 17 years old, and then we have a few behind him. And can I just share with you my greatest fear as a parent? There's a lot of different fears, but my greatest fear beyond everything else is that my kids will turn their backs on God and they'll just walk away and say, I don't need him, I don't want him, I don't love him, and just kind of thumb their nose at God and go in a whole different direction. Big time fear. 
And while a lot of that is out of my control because they have choices that they have to make and they have to embrace faith on their own, they can't borrow mine, they have to personalize that. So while a lot of this is out of my control, what is in my control is disciplining them and correcting them and God puts that on me. You discipline, you correct, you give wisdom, you add skills to their lives. And if we don't take that seriously, misery. But the other side of that is peace of mind and a happy heart. All right. What else does Solomon say here? Well, here's source of misery number two. It's a lack of time in God's word. There's a lack of time. So verse 18 says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, meaning they push away and they let go. They let go of God. But whoever obeys the law, and the law here is speaking of God's direction and God's instruction. So we're speaking of something that God gives us. Whoever obeys the law is joyful. Question. Where do we find divine guidance? Answer, God's word. It's the scripture. It's Bible. And it's what we discover here. And these are the words of God. And we need to let them overwhelm us at times. Like we look at this and we can discover what God wants for us. It's all right here. God even tells us everything you need to know about life is all packaged for you in Scripture. And the Scripture actually restrains us. That's what it does. It keeps us from sin. So in a real way, it would be fantastic for us to embrace this because our own morality depends on getting these words and then doing them, and we find that in Scripture. You know, sometimes I don't think I take God as seriously as he wants me to take him when it comes to this. Just kind of forget about it, or it becomes something else to do and it often gets pushed and it gets pushed under other things because this is more important and I've got to get this done and we kind of just push God's word way out of the way. See, God takes this very seriously. These words that he gives to us, it's all right here. Everything that he wants us to know, it's a big deal to him and we can know God through his word. Think about that for a second. It just blows your mind. I can know God. I mean, the inventor, the creator, the one who paid for all of my sins, I can know him. I can have a real relationship with him. I can have a forever friendship with God. And you can do the same. That is available for all of us. And the number one way to deepen our friendship with God is by looking into his word. So may God give us all a passion to jump in because without this, misery, it's the way it'll be. Here's source of misery number three. It's a hasty response The word hasty means quick, hurried, fast, rapid, brisk, impulsive, reckless. That's a hasty response. Verse 20, 
There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Wow. Guilty. I do that. And whenever I have spoken without thinking, I am never happy with that. I've yet to meet the individual who says, you know, I just spoke my mind. I just spit it out there without thinking, and I'm really happy with the results. It's dripping with wisdom and insight, and everybody around me is better because of it. Said no one ever. Because a hasty response equals misery. So in all of life, this is for everybody now, in all of life, drop hasty responses and let's think before we speak because if we don't, misery will visit us. All right, here's source of misery number four. It's an uncontrolled temper. That's a miserable thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we find in verse 22. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. I want you to look at that again. An angry person. You see the word angry there? That literally means a nose full of fury. And the picture you get here is of nostrils flaring. Right? Have you seen that in anybody when they're speaking to you? Or have you ever done that yourself where you get so animated and so excited and so angry that nostrils begin to flare? Yeah, look out because here's what they do. They commit all kinds of sin. Misery. So if your nostrils are flaring and it's not from an allergy or because you're really, really sick and your head is all messed up, if your nostrils are flaring and you're uncontrolled, just know that that's going to lead to misery and committing all kinds of sin. All right, here's source of misery number five. Our final one, it's pride. Good old-fashioned pride. Verse 23 Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. So we get this wonderful little comparison here. That if you're full of pride, that's going to end in humility. But if you have humility, you're going to be honored. You're going to be lifted up. And that's what Solomon wants for all of us. If we chase pride, miserable existence. I think for many of us, we would say, not my deal. Well, I'm not a prideful person at all. That's like somebody else's issue. I'm okay on this. That's actually not the case. I think we all struggle with this in different ways and in different areas. And scripture has a lot to say about the pride in all of our lives. I mean, Scripture again and again and again tells us to embrace humility, and it wouldn't do that if we didn't have a problem with pride. So let's just think about this for a moment. One of the greatest ways that our enemy, Satan, begins to attack us is through lust. That's one way. The second way that he really begins to attack us is with pride. 
That's how he takes us down. If he can't get us with lust, he gets us with pride. And I want to read to you from 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, because it speaks to this. It says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, lust. A craving for everything we see, more lust. And pride, there's our word. Pride in our achievements and possessions. And guess what? These are not from the Father, but they're from the world. See, pride ends in humility, but humility brings honor. And so if Satan can't get us with lust, he begins to chip away at our pride. And Solomon, in all of his wisdom, said, Dump pride. Get rid of it. Because if you don't, you will have a miserable existence. I tried to think of some way to illustrate this. And a couple of weeks ago, I was in my office at the Bethel Road campus, and there was a knock on my door. And I opened the door, and it was Bob Krause. Bob and his wife, Marion, 41 years ago, were part of a group that helped start this church. And in those early days, they were leaders and teachers, and they just did all kinds of things to make sure that this church would go forward and that this faith community would impact others. Very active and very involved. That was 41 years ago, and they're not quite as young as they used to be. Do you know what Bob and Marion do now? They empty trash cans and they clean toilets. And with that, they serve God. They empty my trash and clean that facility so it looks good. And sometimes we look at different things and we say, that's not really an honorable thing, but yet I think what they do is incredibly honorable. And that is humility. It's humility. May God give us more toilet cleaners. Seriously, like a whole lot more toilet cleaners and many, many more people who will empty trash because when we humble ourselves in that way, it leads to being honored. And I think God wants to honor a lot of people, but it can't happen when we have too much pride. Pride leads to a miserable existence. So think trash and think toilets. It's good for us. Now, here's what today has been about. It's really been about being poked a little bit, being pushed a little bit, and that's good for us. And the Word of God has this amazing ability to do that, to kind of get under our skin and irritate us, but that's all good because without that, guess what we're going to have? A miserable existence. And so we get pushed and we get poked because it helps us grow, and I need that, and you need that as well. So today, we only have one takeaway. It's one simple takeaway for today, and that is accept criticism. Accept it. When that comes your way, accept criticism.
In chapter 29, the very first verse is powerful. Here's what it says. Whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. Well, that doesn't sound too good. That doesn't sound good at all. And guess what? We can avoid that. We can miss out on being destroyed beyond recovery when we accept the criticism that comes to us through God's word. So accept it, embrace it, and live it. I want a miserable existence, said no one ever. God, thank you for a little bit of time in your word today to just unpack and think about what we find in this great chapter in Proverbs. God, there's a lot here that can lead to misery. I think most of us want to avoid that. We want to enjoy life. We want to be happy. We want to be filled with joy. And you really outline the different ways that can happen for us. So God, I pray that you'd help us all to really think about this and to embrace disciplining our children if we're in that stage. God, help us to do that. God, I pray that you would really, really help us not to have these hasty responses and to talk without thinking. It's a dangerous thing. God, help us to have a controlled temper. Help us to chase that. God, I pray they'd help us to put on humility because pride will destroy us, but humility will bring honor. God, would you help us with these things today? I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed, your eyes closed for a moment. Right where you're at, just talk to God and say, God, I think this is what you're saying to me. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to embrace based on Proverbs 29. Just talk to God about that. Father, we're thankful for some time just to listen to you and what you said through a wise man many years ago. God, help us not to walk out forgetting some of the things that we discussed, but help us to take your word and what you're whispering into our hearts about right now maybe the things that we've written down. Help us to review that and help us to get serious about embracing what you tell us in your word. God, we talked about a few different random things today. And I think in that random list is something for all of us. 
God, would you help us to accept criticism and walk out of here ready to do whatever it is that you're asking us to do. Give us a great time now of just continuing to respond to you and to your greatness. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.